Our topic this week will be out of the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. We've looked at Genesis chapter 2 a few different times already. Uh, one time we looked at it in, in light of the Shabbat, in light of the Sabbath, and looked at the uh, various ways that the Sabbath has been a principle throughout the scriptures, from Genesis through Revelation and scattered all throughout. And we didn't look at every text in the Bible, but we saw plenty of text uh, that is solidly founded uh, in God's heart and in God's law and in God's throne room and, uh, and placed there as a benefit to us, uh, a binding example for all humanity. And so today we want to look at another aspect. We want to look at the Shabbat in uh, Oneg Shabbat, uh, the delight of the Sabbath. And so when we eat together after services and we call it Oneg Shabbat, uh, it literally means in the delight of the Sabbath. Right? And so it's wonderful for us to be able to come together and worship together and it's wonderful to hear God's word and to sing songs and to pray together. But the delight of the Sabbath is when we get to fellowship with one another, talk with our brothers and sisters and eat together and commune together. And so making the Shabbat a delight. So a little review from Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. It said, On the seventh day God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day, from all his work which he had done, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So we see God clearly that he rested on that day, that he created that day specifically for rest. And then in Isaiah 58, 12 and 14, again still just a little review, Build the old waste places. Raise up the foundations of many generations. Be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on high hills on the earth. Right? So that's what we're going to look at today, how to make the Sabbath a delight. Not just a commandment that's kept, but how to make it a delight, how to delight in God's Shabbat. How to restore, be a repairer of the breach. Right? A breach is a hole, a hole in the wall, and so the, a hole has taken place in God's commandments. Most people don't argue with nine of the commandments. They think the, all the rest of them are reasonable and make sense. But the Sabbath is under attack and wanted to be blotted out and ignored and resisted. And so God calls us to restore that hole, to restore that breach, to raise up the old places, the old waste places from the foundations of everlasting, to raise them up of many generations all the way back to Adam and Eve, to raise it back up to its, to its, um, its beginnings and to its honorable place. That's what God has called us to in these last days and to make the Sabbath a joy and a delight, not a, a burden. And it shouldn't be a burden. It should be a delight. And if it's burdensome, then we're not observing it correctly and not viewing it correctly, not experiencing it correctly. In the Ten Commandments, it says uh, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, so how can we make the Shabbat a delight and why should we make this, why should the Shabbat be a delight? says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. 
Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it. So very similar to what we read in Genesis chapter 2 is being repeated in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment of the Ten Commandments, right in the heart of the commandments, written on stone with God's own finger, reminding us that he rested on the Sabbath day. So the Sabbath is a delight because God is there. Right? That's a great reason for Sabbath to be a light, because he's there already, right? And so when we enter into the Shabbat, we're entering into fellowship with him. We're meeting him there. Right? And then, you, you know, if you're planning on going somewhere, and then you find out that one of your friends, maybe someone you hadn't seen in 10, 20 years, maybe you're going to a, a class reunion, and so, oh, so-and-so's going to be, oh, wow, it's even better, right? You're all excited, oh, wow, I can't wait to see so-and-so. Well, God is there. Right? And so the Sabbath is a delight because he is there. And if we don't see him in the center of the Shabbat, if we don't see him uh, central to it, then we're missing the most exciting blessing of it, right? that we get to commune, spend that special time with him. That he rested, he stopped all his work from all of creation, all the universe, to spend with Adam and Eve and with humanity. He wants to be there with us. And in Luke chapter 25, verses uh, 53 through chapter 24, verse 2. They took the body of Yeshua, laid it in a tomb on the preparation day. The Sabbath drew near, and the women prepared spices, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. And on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Yeshua was killed on a Friday. He rested in the tomb on the Sabbath day and then rose on the first day of the week. So again, we see another example of God resting. And so again, we can make the Sabbath a delight because God is there in the Sabbath. God keeps the Sabbath. God honors the Sabbath. He remembers the Sabbath. He observes the Sabbath. And we get to enter into that rest with him, right, to fully enjoy it and experience it with him. And without him, we're really not experiencing it at all. Maybe going through the motions, we might not be working or doing whatever, but if he's not in our Sabbath with us, then we're not experiencing the Sabbath. We're really not observing the Sabbath. He has to be there in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, in our focus. Oh, it could be mandated. Oh, no one can work on the Sabbath day, but that's not Sabbath keeping. If God is not there, then it's just a day of not working. He is central in everything, from creation, through the writing of the commandments with his finger, through his death and burial and resurrection, and on into eternity, he is in the Shabbat. Another reason to make the Sabbath a delight is in Exodus chapter 20, still that same fourth commandment, it says, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, in it you shall do no work. And so the Sabbath is a delight because we are there, right? We get to rest. We get to take a day off. We get to stop worrying and fretting and, 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 and thinking about uh, all what's coming up in this next week and all that's happened to us in the past week and our past life. We can set all of that aside and just focus on the Lord and trust, and trust our lives to him and trust ourselves to him. And we get to enter in to that rest, that great gift that God has given to us and blessed us with to enjoy and to experience a day off, 
52 vacation days a year. Isn't that great? Because it's to rest and enter into his rest with him, a special rest that he has created, carved out. Again, he didn't make the, the, the earth in six days and then take off the first day of the second week. He created a day, a specific day that he created. 24 hours he created just for us to rest in his love with him. The Sabbath is a delight because, also in that same commandment, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is with you within your gates. And so the Sabbath is a delight because our friends and family can be there as well. We can invite them to take the time off and to enjoy it with us and with the Lord and invite them to experience God's rest and God's peace together with them. So it's a great time for fellowship with the Lord and with others and experience that peace together. God didn't just say it's just for you. He says for everyone you know. Hey, it's not just for a certain people group, it's for everybody to enjoy and be blessed with. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And the Shabbat is a good thing. The seventh-day Shabbat is a good thing. So he's given it to all to enjoy, to everyone we come in contact with, our family members, those who we work for, or those who we work with, or those who come and visit with us. They get to be invited to enjoy the Shabbat as well. The Sabbath is a delight because there is so much to do on the Sabbath. Well, that sounds like contrary. How can you say it's a day of rest and there's so much to do on the Sabbath? But there are good things to do. There's so many wonderful things that we get to do on the Shabbat. It's not just uh, a day to, 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 of nothingness, right? It's a wonderful day that God has blessed us with. And so what are some of the things we get to do on the Shabbat? Well, we get to... Rest, right? So that's a great thing to do on the Shabbat, right? Just kick back. I can imagine Adam and Eve in a hammock just sitting there, right? Enjoying the Sabbath and meditating upon the Lord and praying, taking a nap, you know. Right? So the Sabbath is a great time to literally rest. Not only rest in Him, not only rest from our worries and our cares and our frets and give them over to the Lord, but it's a great day to just literally physically rest. I gain up on some of that sleep we've missed all week long and, and just kick back and, and, and enjoy uh, the peace and the rest that we can have at that time. Solitude is good to have. Uh, and so the Sabbath gives us that time when we can have some solitude with the Lord. Another good thing is fellowshipping together, coming together for services together and fellowshipping with others of like-minded in God's word. We're, their angels are there, our angels are there, our angels and their angels are getting together and fellowshipping together and we're surrounded by all these angels and it just brings God's presence and just enters in more and more of that peace and presence. We can't have that by just sitting by ourselves. Yeah, we can have worship by ourselves and that's important too, but there's something special. The Bible says, do not forsake assembling one with another. And there's a reason for that. There's a special blessing that comes in worshiping with other people. God has created us that way. And we're like herd animals, right? We, we need to be with other people. We need to be together. And there needs to be time. We need solitude time, but we also need time to come together so that we can iron sharpening iron, right? We can bless each other. We can help each other. We can minister to each other. We can pray for each other. We can greet each other. We can cheer each other up. We can encourage one another. All those are important things, vital things in the Word of God. And learn from one another and grow together 
And so it's a wonderful thing for the Shabbat to give us that time together. And we're very privileged and blessed in this country, in this day and age, where we have the privilege, where we can have worship services uh, on the Shabbat any time in the Shabbat we want. There have been times in Earth's history, and there are places still in this world today, where there's great restrictions, where you don't have the freedoms to worship freely as we understand the Word of God. And I don't believe we're going to have these freedoms forever. And so we need to enjoy them and bless and, and, and benefit from them and, and soak up that, those blessings now while we can, while it is day, because night is coming when no one will be able to work. I think we can have that solitude time, that bringing in the Sabbath, there's nice traditions. Uh, the, my grandmother on my mother's side, uh, lighting the Shabbat candles, she did as uh, habitually, or her, her habit was, her tradition was to light the Sabbath and bring it in, and the challah bread, and the, and the juice, and, and the candles. Wonderful ceremonies that we can uh, create and have in bringing in uh, the Sabbath. Uh, also closing out the Sabbath, the Havdalah service, a nice, nice meaningful service reminding us God created all things and all that he's blessed us with, the, the sight, the sound, the, the taste, the, the, the smell, the feelings, the touch that God has given to us, the senses God has given to us, reminded of that in, in the Havdalah service and, and that we're separating and going back into the work week. And so wonderful ceremonies to start the Sabbath, end the Sabbath, and experience the Sabbath. Those aren't commandments, uh, but there's various different traditions. You can make your own traditions. Uh, it's good to have uh, ways to remember God's blessings in our lives on, on the Sabbath. Good time to spend together in family worship time together, and, uh, and that's very important too. So um, corporate worship, congregational worship, and family worship. Uh, uh, this is uh, my wife and, and my mother and daughter. Um, and when our daughter was young, and one of the traditions we had in our family was to have a Sabbath surprise. Try to make the Sabbath a little special, and so each week we'd give her a little gift. And sometimes it was like a new shirt that she needed, right? Or <laughs> new underwear, or whatever. You know, or sometimes it was, uh, it was just something simple, you know, a pencil we saw for sale for a few pennies, you know, change colors or something like that. Uh, and sometimes it was more meaningful or more expensive. Um, uh, or sometimes it was a, a quiet toy that she could play with at services, you know. So something. But every week uh, throughout her life, we, we brought a, a, got a Sabbath surprise and had to adjust that as she got older. Um, but to make the Sabbath special in a special way. And so a Sabbath gift, a uh, Sabbath surprise. Uh, we used to do that. So it's nice to have some kind of traditions for the Sabbath. It's a good time to pray together, right? So, or pray, or, or pray individually, right? So Sabbath is a good time. To pray, right? Oh, have that extra time of praying that we have during the rest of the week. And so we've got these 24 hours so we can spend the time uh, praying, having extra prayer time that we might not be able to do during the rest of the week. And so individual, personal prayer time, individual, personal reading the Bible, more time to read God's Word or, God, or godly books. So we had, God has given us that extra time to do these things, this personal worship time, family worship time, corporate, congregational worship time. And one of the things in the tradition that Barbara and I have done for decades now uh, on the Sabbath is we have a prayer book. And so we pray with ev for everyone by name in the congregation. And then we also have in this book, we start each page, uh, we put the date on top, and then, and then going downward from top to bottom, we write prayer requests specifically for that week. 
Something that we can physically see, you know, not like world peace or something like that, but something we can physically see within a week's time. And then from the bottom up, we write blessings that God has given to us this past week that we didn't even know about the week before. Right? So it wasn't a prayer request somewhere, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, whatever, uh, something happened and wow, God came through, you know, and, and so we didn't get to write that down. So we write that down. And almost every week, the bottom meets the, the, the top. <laughs> it's a full page uh, just about every single week. And then we go back each week and we look at past pages and we look over those prayer requests again. And those that were answered with a yes answer from God, we, we, we give a, a Mug and David star to it. Uh, and those that uh, were answered with a no from God, we put a circle, right? So that's our little thing. And, so, and then we go back and, and pages are just full with either stars and circles. And, and um, so we go back each week and then remember those prayer requests that haven't been answered yet. And it's good, it's encouraging to see how God has worked in our past. It's good to, to look back, sometimes we'll pull a book out from years ago and look at that and, 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 and be reminded of God's blessings in our lives. And so, good time to pray together. The Sabbath God has given to us time to do that, to pray. Good time for getting together with family. So you can go visit family or invite family or friends over to your house and to fellowship together and to eat together and enjoy that time together. It's a wonderful uh, blessing that God has given us, this extra time to, to remember his love for us and to share that love with those that are closest to us. Another good thing to do on the Sabbath is to, uh, to have a Bible study with someone. It's a great time to share God's word with someone who doesn't know the Bible yet, who doesn't know the Lord yet, right? So maybe a neighbor or a friend or someone at work or someone from school or someone that you come in contact with, you can ask them, would you like to get together this coming Saturday? And I'd like to, you know, would you like to have an answer to your question? Or you say you have this problem. I know someone who has an answer to that problem. Or I know a solution to that problem. Or I know where we can go to look for guidance in that or wherever. However the study opens up and study the Bible with people on the Sabbath. Share God's word with others on the Sabbath. It's a great thing to do to have a, a Bible class together with others on God's Shabbat. Another thing to do on the Sabbath is go out in nature, right? Go for a walk. We've got some beautiful parks in this area and some beautiful parks in the county surrounding our, our area here. And so go out in nature and enjoy. Obviously, you can't do all of these things. We've already looked at so many things to do. You can't do all of those things in any one 24-hour period. But one week, you might go visit family. Another week, you might go to a park. Another week, you might do a Bible study with someone, right? So do different things in different weeks. And so go into nature and, and be reminded of God's creatorship. And even though this earth is so marred with the thorns on the, on the rose trees and, 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 and the various different blight on the land, still we can still see God's glory revealed in the beauty of nature. So get some fresh air, get some sunlight, and breathe it in, and, 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 and think about heaven. Heaven is going to be so much even better than all the beauties that we see here on this fallen a marred, dark planet. And so get a little bit of heaven on the Sabbath by going out into nature and enjoying that. We have some beautiful beaches in our area. We're very fortunate here in Florida. We can go down to a beach and watch a sunset or, or anytime and just walk along the beach. It's very calming. Uh, you get the, the negative ions from the water and from the waves cracking. It's very healing and very uplifting and, and great for the mind and the body. Go for a nice walk, get some exercise, stroll along, and enjoy God's Shabbat that he has blessed us 
with. Going out in nature, there's a little a story of a, of a guy who was a believer and liked to keep the Sabbath, and he wanted to go for a walk out in nature, and so he took his binoculars, and he's walking through the park, and he came across an area where there was a body of water, and he saw someone else in the congregation there, and this friend from the congregation had his, uh, this big tank and, and all this equipment, and he's unloading his vehicle, and, and he's putting on the suit and all this stuff, and and, and to the guy with the binoculars, he says to him, boy, that looks like a lot of work. It's Sabbath. What on earth are you doing out here with this stuff? And so the, the guy with the wetsuit, he turns to the other guy. He says, well, what are you doing out here? Well, the guy picks up his binoculars. He says, I'm going bird watching. And so the guy with the wetsuit, he picks up his goggles and he says, well, I'm going fish watching. <laughs> you know, so, so to one guy, that looked like a lot of work. You know, you got this heavy tank and all these preparations. You got to check your temperature or your gauges and all like that uh, and that seemed like a lot of work to him but to the other guy it was a lot of work right he was going in and he was experiencing that joy and he was able to enjoy it that way and so it's not for us to judge one another and exactly how the sabbath is to be kept uh, the bible gives us some very limited things of, of what is within the sabbath what is the principles of the sabbath but it doesn't go into a lot of details it doesn't tell us how far to walk or or, or what to do. So, so to one person, what might be enjoyable and uplifting and, and, and a blessing to someone else might be work, and that's fine if that's not for you. You know, if, if uh, for one person, going for a drive, you know, out in nature, not only walking in nature, but maybe going for a ride, going, you know, and driving through some, some nature areas and beautiful areas, and because it might be very relaxing to someone, but to someone who drives taxi all week long or, or who drives a truck or who drives a, a bus all week long, that might seem like a lot of work and they don't want to do that on the Sabbath, right? Uh, to one person, uh, pulling some weeds in their garden and, and, and playing around in the soil a little bit, you know, getting down on their knees and playing some godly music or just meditating and, and praying and thinking about the Lord. They were in the office all day long, sitting in a chair, looking at a screen. And so to get out and to do a little bit in their garden in the backyard to them might be uh, very peaceful and very relaxing uh, to them and, and, and able to enter into worship and enter into God's rest. But someone else might say, that's the last thing I want to do on my day off is go and work in the garden. Right? And so you know, for each person then, uh, they have to weigh that out. But again, there are some biblical principles that should be followed, but outside of those principles and, and laws, there's a lot of leeway, and we are not to judge one another in exactly what is the only way to keep God's Shabbat. There are many ways to enter in to his rest, as we've seen already. Matthew chapter 25, verse 20 uh, should we give you an example of this? He said, he who had five talents said, Lord, I have gained five more talents besides the ones you delivered to me. And his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And so one of the ways to enter into the joy of the Lord is by entering into God's service with him using the gifts and the talents that God has instilled in us individually for his honor and glory. You being used by him is a wonderful way to enjoy the Sabbath and enter into his rest. Surrendering ourselves, letting him take control of us, letting him use us and move us and be a blessing 
to other people is a wonderful thing we can do on the Sabbath, using those talents for his honor and glory. And so we can keep the Sabbath by mowing the grass. Well, you maybe not, but maybe mowing someone else's grass. Now you might get in, you work all week, maybe you work six days of the week and you see your neighbor, you know, he's in the hospital or he's in the nursing home or he's laid up or he's sick or he's gotten old or his lawnmower is broken down. You see his grass is, is growing and you want to bless him. And so you go over there and you mow his lawn on that day or help him out in some way, shape or form. Again, if it's an act of service and, and you're not getting paid for it and, and you choose to voluntarily as a labor of love, not under compulsion and under duress and and you choose to do that, and you would feel that as a blessing, then, then you know, go do that. If, you use, if that's your talent, if that's your gift, gift of service, gift of service uh, helps, then use it for the Lord and serving the Lord. Right? Or maybe building again and getting involved with a Habitat for Humanity type of thing, or, or, or uh, work uh, around God's synagogue, the house of the Lord. Uh, and you might find that, again, maybe work in construction, you don't think that's a restful thing to do on the Sabbath, then don't. But someone else might say, hey, I've got this talent, I've got this use, I've got these abilities, but I don't get to use them that very much, and I see in, in God's house this, this, this toilet needs to be fixed, or this sink needs help, or this thing here is, needs some repair, and, and I want to give my talent, give my time, give my service to the Lord. And you may feel that's appropriate to do on the Sabbath day. Or again, maybe for a neighbor, or maybe for someone uh, who can't afford it, uh, maybe someone in the congregation uh, who, who uh, can't afford to hire a professional, and you're willing to go and serve in that way, again, voluntarily, not under compulsion, not under duress, not under feeling it's a burden, but if you can do that in the joy of the Lord, serving the Lord is a wonderful way to make the Sabbath a blessing and a delight. Going out ministering. Going out and sharing the word of God with people, going and knocking on doors and, and, and greeting your neighbors or neighbors around the synagogue or in town and just pick a neighborhood and go. Uh, was down in St. Petersburg one year, we had uh, a, a, one of the houses not far from the synagogue had a fire in it. And so we thought, oh boy, uh, we can you know, warn our other neighbors and use this as an opportunity. And so we bought a whole bunch of those little square uh, batteries and we put a little note in there and we mentioned the fire that took place in our neighborhood and we said, we didn't want this to happen to you either and so we want you to change out the battery in your fire alarm, <laughs> right? So that you have your smoke alarm and so that you will be warned and not have that happen to you either. And so we went around, knocked on doors, had an opportunity to meet our neighbors and give that little gift to them. And it's a wonderful opportunity to go and, and share or maybe you want to take some tracks or, or invitation to the next uh, holiday services that we're having and go and pass them out Put them in, in, in car uh, doors or in car doors or in house doors or, or give them physically to people. Sabbath is a great day for going and ministering and sharing the word of the Lord. Right? Some of the tracks we have out there or cards we have out there, taking them and going and passing them out. So you can go for a walk in nature, you can go for a walk in your neighborhood, right? You can go down to the beach or you can go down to downtown, right? Lots of different. One week maybe do one, a beach and one week go downtown and pass out cards. Or maybe take some cards to the beach also, right? You do a double, right? And, uh, and enjoy the fresh air and, and share God's word as well. Or maybe a food ministry, right? Sharing food with those in need or, or some kind of a, a shelter type of a situation um, or a food bank. Ministering. Sabbath is a great day for ministering. Great day for resting, great day for ministering. And again, I 
Yeah, you can uh, rotate it around and mix it up a little bit so it's not the same thing every week and it doesn't become you know, just uh, routine or, or boring or, or uh, laborious. Maybe you mix it up. Some days visiting, sometimes family, sometimes solitude, sometimes nature, sometimes ministry, sometimes godly, useful, voluntary labor. Visiting people in the hospital or nursing homes. Often people, someone in the congregation needs a visit, um, or maybe someone you know, a family member or neighbor or someone you know, or go around, you can study to become a chaplain or even just uh, on a voluntary basis. Go and you can go visit people in the hospital, cheer them up. There's some ministries where you can take an animal or some ways you can, if you play a musical instrument, you can go and to a nursing home, you get permission and talk with their, their um, community service leader and you can get permission to go and encourage the people. Prison ministry is another good thing and Sabbath can be a prison ministry as well. Lots of different ministries that you can get involved in and use the God-given talents that God has blessed you with. And we say, oh, I don't have time. Well, God has given us that time. That's where you really don't have an excuse. Hey, in 24 hours, we have a few hours of service, you have a few hours of your private, personal service, worship, still leaves plenty of time to minister and serve or recreate. Ministry within the congregation, blessing young people, studying the uh, Sabbath school or Shabbat school uh, with young people and ministering to them. Such a need. Uh, statistics show that uh, young people have a more higher chance of coming to the Lord in those ages than when we get older. The older we become, we become like concrete. All mixed up and permanently set. <laughs> a lot of people that way, right? <laughs> they're all mixed up. They receive a lot of input. And they're just permanently set that way. It takes a jackhammer to wake them up, you know? And But while they're being molded and made, young people, it's a wonderful time. And so God's blessed you in the gift of ministering to young people. Not for everybody. God's blessed certain people with that gift and blessing to, uh, you know, take the burden and stress off of parents and take the kids and, and, uh, and start a, a class and minister to them in that way. Back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 10, some of the principles. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. Right? So that's one of the principles, not to work. And so whatever you consider as work, right? yeah, if you consider pulling those weeds in your garden as work, then you don't do that. Right? If you consider it to, to help out and, and a work be, then, then that wouldn't be for you. Don't do it as work. I remember sharing the Sabbath with someone, uh, and they were retired already, and, and so she wasn't working, physically working, wasn't making any salary anymore, earning her living anymore. Uh, but she said voluntarily, she said, you know what, I'm not going to do my laundry anymore on the Sabbath. I don't like doing the laundry, and so I'm certainly not going to do it on God's Sabbath day. And, uh, and so that's how she applied that principle of not working to herself and to her life. And that's an important principle. And so it shouldn't be work, and so it shouldn't be something that we're earning a living from, but also our male servant and our female servant. And so I think one of the clear principles of the Word of God is not to go and ask someone to work for you, not to pay someone to work for you on the Sabbath day. I used to go out to a restaurant. It's hard to go and witness and hand a card to invite them to come to the congregation when, uh, when you're... Uh, when you're frequenting their, their franchise, right? And asking them to work for you. 
You go back the next week, they say, well, I read that track, I read that booklet, I'd like to come, but, you know, you keep coming in here, and my boss won't let me off. You know, if, no one stopped, if everyone stopped coming in here, well, then I'd have the day off also, and I could come and fellowship with you. Right? So just on a principle and an example, uh, God's word, not to ask someone else to work, and to pay them to work for us on God's Sabbath day. Now, there's sometimes there are exceptions, sometimes you're traveling, and, you know, far away, and, and, and you're just not in a situation where you can provide for yourself, and... And, and, and so sometimes there's certain circumstances, certain situations. Uh, but, but the principle in, in practice, uh, when not uh, absolutely necessary, certainly we shouldn't um, make someone else work for us if we're not wanting to work. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11, Yeshua said, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? It is lawful to do good, on the Sabbath. Right? And so if we're not working, but we're doing good, it's good to do good on the Sabbath day. And, uh, and so, you know, what is good? What does it mean to do good on the Sabbath day? Well, we looked at some examples. Again, if we're doing ministry and serving other people, we're doing a good deed on the Sabbath day. Uh, last night in our service, the uh, uh, story was read for the, uh, for the, um, for the stewardship time of, uh, was an example of someone who, uh, who was a construction worker and, and they had some deadlines and the crew said, you know, we always only work in six days a week, you always have your Sabbath off, but we got this deadline, we got to get this done, and uh, otherwise you're gonna, the bank's going to close out on you, and so we'll, we're willing to work seven days a week to get this done. And the Bible says it's good to do good on the Sabbath day. <laughs> And so the owner, he said, well, I don't think that's an application of that Bible text just so I can sell these houses and, and get this loan from the bank and extend it out. And, and so he stood his ground and he said, no, we're just going to do, do the best we can with six days and see what God does. And God worked on the heart of the banker. The bankers came up to him and said, well, we trust you. <laughs> You're going to get it done. So they extended the loan and they were able to work another few weeks and got it done and the house is sold and, and God blessed. And uh, even though it was totally against the, the bank policy and everything else, uh, just their character stood firm and, 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 and the bankers saw it and blessed them with it. So we need to apply this correctly, not just for every time it satisfies our need and just quote that text and, 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 and use it liberally. And so one example in my own life, um, I just, uh, of course I grew up in a Jewish home and so knew about the Sabbath and experienced the Sabbath, but then my teen years I got away from the Lord and and then in the late teen years, I came to the Lord and accepted the Messiah. And so soon after this time, I was about 20 years old or so, and I was hitchhiking across the country and uh, came across a fire. So this applies, I believe, to those jobs. Well, what about jobs like a firefighter, um, police officers, medical professionals? How does that apply, this doing good? How does that apply to them? So I was a firefighter, forest fire, fire, fire. And, uh, and so I was traveling through, and I was uh, going through Utah, and we saw this firefighter fire on the side of the road, uh, brush fire. As you see, there's no trees out there, right? It's just, it's just uh, wilderness, but you get some of these tumbleweeds burning, and they start blowing in the wind, and they get rolling. They can spread that fire far and wide and right into town and cause lots of havoc and lots of problems. And so since I had experience in fighting fires and with the Forest Service and the Bureau of Lands Management, I, uh, I asked the guy if he could drop me off uh, at the forest, fire, uh, the forest station, and I wanted to apply for the job. And so he did, and I applied, and they accepted me. I still had my, my card with me, and so I got hired on 
to fight the fire. And this is the crew that I was assigned to. And so there were seven of us on the crew. I'm the one sitting up on the top there. I'll give you a little close up there. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm trying to get back to that. I'd like to get back. <laughs> Sorry. And so here we are. Oops. Here we are all up on top of the truck. And we were all worked together. That was our truck. So you could fit three people in the cab, you know, and the rest of us were hanging on for dear life on the top as we're running th riding through the, through the brush and over the rocks and, and everything and with the hoses and trying to hold the hose and trying not to fall off the truck and fall into the fire. And uh, so that was, that was our gig. And this is what the fire looked like. And so I don't know if you can see way up in the top right on the top of that hill, see a bunch of yellow dots? Those are firefighters <laughs> in, their, in their little yellow uniforms there. And uh, so I was thankful I was on the truck anyway, right? So I had truck work. So we would drive our truck right along up these hills and down these hills, right along the fire line, hoping that the fire didn't catch our tires on fire or anything, and shooting the water from the hoses down on the fire. And uh, so these guys, though, they had it really rough. They're right in the heat. And because uh, we were experiencing the heat, too. But they're right down in it and just with shovels, trying to dig a trench, and trying to throw sand on the fire. And that's, that's what it, it looked like. And, um, and so we were fighting the fire, and again, the brush fire, and the tumbleweeds, and fighting it all week long. And, and it was coming close to Sabbath. And what should I do? What if the fire continues to burn through the Sabbath? Should I continue to help and work and work on the crew and put it out? Would that be a good deed? You know, would it be breaking God's Sabbath? Now, again, I just come back to the Lord, and, and I couldn't, there was no one there to ask these six other guys. They didn't have any religious thing. They weren't godly people, and, and, and so couldn't ask them. And, and so I was just praying, Lord, what should I do? And I thought of that Bible text. But then I also thought, well, it's not really a good deed if I'm getting paid for it. Right? It's just a job if I'm getting paid for it. So I thought, well, how do I explain to the U.S. government that to, to cut a day out of my pay and to not pay me for one? I thought that'd be a lot of red tape. And so I committed to the Lord, and I said, Lord, if this continues to burn through Sabbath, I will work it because, you know, some of my crew might get hurt or killed. We're not a full crew. Uh, or the fire might continue into town and could burn houses and someone could die. I think it's a good deed, but I don't think I should get paid for doing a good deed. And so if it does go and I do end up working that day, then... And whatever I earn that day, I'm going to give 100% of it to your service and your work. And so, sure enough, it did continue to burn, and it burned into the Sabbath. And so I worked it, and we put it out that day. We got it uh, out, all the crews, we, we put it out that day. It stopped burning on, on the Saturday. And, and then so when everything was out, and it was all just barren and just laying waste, they kept they let all the crews go home, except for one crew. They kept one crew just to drive around and keep an eye on everything and make sure there was no spark showing up anywhere and that the fire didn't start over again. Well, which crew do you think got to get? That's right. That's right. They asked our crew, and they treated us like royalty. They brought us lunch, and, and we just sat around. We drove around, and I had my hacky sack with me. We played some hacky sack, and... And that night, they put us in a hotel instead of sleeping out on the line. And, 
and, uh, and breakfast and dinner and just treated us like royalty. And I got paid double time for that extra day. <laughs> so God blessed amazingly as we put him first and trust him. I mean, if you're driving down the road, and let's say you're far away from home, and you're on vacation somewhere, and, and your car breaks down, it's the middle of the night, and you're in the middle of nowhere, Death Valley or somewhere, right? You're out there, and your cell phone doesn't have a connection, and you're just stuck there and stranded there, and all of a sudden, a tow truck pulls by, and he stops, and he says, I'm feeling in a good mood, it's a quiet night, I don't have anything going on, I'd be willing to tow you anywhere you want to go. You go, really? Wow, that'd be really nice of you. Boy, I appreciate that. And so he hooks it up, and you tell him where you want to go, and he drives you uh, to, to, to whatever you said, and you get to that destination, and he gets out, and, and, um, and you say, wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. He says, no problem. It was my pleasure. Like I said, nothing was going on tonight. I was happy to do it. My pleasure to be able to serve you this way. And you say, thank you so much. And he says, now that's going to be several hundred dollars before I let your car down. <laughs> did he do you a good deed? Right? Or did he work for you? Right? Did he do a service? Did he do a job? Right? Was he earning a living? Right? So a good deed, if you're going to do good on the Sabbath day, it should really be good to do good on the Sabbath day and be a blessing to other people. Right? That's a principle that I, I think applies to the Sabbath, and again, I experienced it in real life. Uh, another person, a story, uh, man I met, uh, Henry Martin, he used to uh, own a Mercedes-Benz dealership. I think it was out in uh, Oregon, if I remember right. And, um, and he came to knowledge of the Sabbath and came under conviction to keep the Sabbath holy. And dealerships are usually open seven days a week, and the biggest sale day of all days for car dealerships all across the country of whatever make is, is, the, is Saturday. And yet he came under conviction. He felt he needed to do this. And so he decided he was going to close his branch on Saturday. And he did. And God blessed month after month after month. They were the, the branch of the month for their district. And then the, sometimes within the nation, they were up there in the highest sales. Absolutely amazing, even though open just six days a week and closed on the busiest day uh, most often. God just miraculously blessed. Then they came into a problem. Mercedes-Benz decided to have this nationwide offer that if your car broke down, you bought a Mercedes-Benz, and your car broke down anywhere in the country, you call this 800 number, we will contact the local closest dealer, and they will come out, and they will tow your car uh, within so much time. And, uh, and so he saw that, and he said, oh, no, what am I going to do? And uh, he thought, boy, you know, that's going to be hard. And I, I, I don't have a problem. It'd be a good deed. And even though Mercedes-Benz, everyone else would be charging, even though they're going to service that car within that time frame, any time, day or night, 24 hours. But of course, they're going to charge. They said, well, we're going to keep Sabbath. I'll be willing to do that and not charge the guy for breaking down, not even charge him for the parts or the labor. But how can I ask my mechanics? Here, I'm telling them about the Sabbath and the joy of the Sabbath. And I'm going to ask him to work and do this work on that. How can I do that? And so it was a real dilemma to him. And as he was thinking about that and praying about him, well, he had been witnessing to, to his employees. And one of them, uh, several of them came to the Lord, but one of them was a mechanic. And, uh, and he heard about this. And he was thinking, well, I'd be willing to volunteer some hours every so often. The car breaks down. It's not an everyday thing. 
uh, every week thing, and I'd be willing to do that and voluntarily do it. It's a good deed. But how can Henry? I mean, that's expensive. These cars are expensive. These parts are expensive. How can he possibly afford to, uh, to, to not do this? And so somehow it came up in conversation between the two of them, and they found out what each other one was thinking, and so they decided, well, this is what we'll do. We'll offer a free service that anyone who breaks down within our territory, and we get that call from the 800 line, we will service them for absolutely free. You go pick them up and, and service the car, and we'll get it back to them. We won't charge them for parts. We'll give them a little packet, and that's what they did. They put a packet together, and it had a little book in there about God, and it had another little booklet about God's Sabbath, and a letter that said, since you broke down in our district, and we believe that God has blessed us with this Sabbath day, holy unto him, your service has been absolutely for free on this time. And they said they had some amazing experiences. A Hollywood actor was going through that area, a famous actor, and sometimes they were able to share and hear wonderful testimonies of appreciation for that service to the Lord. And so we can take this and, and use the Sabbath as a blessing and make it a blessing for God's service and still keep the principles of God's holy day of resting and entering into his peace together with him. So to make the Sabbath a delight gives us 20-20 vision. Keep holy my Sabbath. This is from Ezekiel 2020. That's why it's called 2020 vision. Ezekiel 2020. Keep holy my Sabbath, and they shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God. That I am the Lord, verse 12, that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So we observe the Sabbath and keep holy the Sabbath and honor the Sabbath week by week. We were demonstrating God's power to sanctify us, to make us holy, to make us complete in him, to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Because it's not a delight if we're trying to keep the Sabbath in our own strength. It'll be drudgery. We'll be constantly looking at our watch. Is it over yet? Is the sun set yet? Can I do the things I'm wanting to do? I can't wait till it's over and still be taking on all those worries and fears of the week. And we're not really entering into his rest. We might be outwardly keeping the Sabbath, like, like Saul before his transformation, or, or like the uh, rich young ruler who came to Yeshua saying, what must I do to be saved? I've kept all these things. It's one thing to keep the Sabbath. It's another thing to enter into God's rest, be sanctified and holy in it, to experience the peace and the joy. God's laws are not burdensome. They are liberating. Everything God asks us to do, he blesses and fulfills it in his purpose and his plan for us. He fills us with his spirit to be able to walk in his ways. And if we're not enjoying God's commandments, all of them, and the Sabbath one, then we're trying to keep them in our own strength. And it makes all the difference in the world if we're trying to do it in our own strength or if we're doing it in God's strength. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Maybe the Sabbath was a joy to you at one time, and entering into that joy and entering into that fellowship. But then, for some reason or another, you've gotten your eyes off the Lord, still keeping the Sabbath, still going through the same routine because it's become habitual, but you're no longer enjoying it. Now you're keeping it in your own strength. And that's legalism. And that is no joy. That is a burden. That is not happy at all. So then just confess that to the Lord. Give it over to him, accept Yeshua's death for the forgiveness of that, and then re-enter through the Holy Spirit, re-enter into his peace and into his rest, and by his power, 
enjoy the Sabbath again and make it a delight once again. There's a big difference between doing it in our own strength or doing it in God's strength and God's power. Because all of his commandments are his commandments. They're all his promises. They're all his blessings. They're all things that he gave to us. And he says, you shall not kill because I promise you I will give you love for your enemy. You shall not steal because I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. You shall not have any other gods before me because I promise you I will be more than enough for you. You won't need a God of the sun and a God of the rain and a God of the earth and a God of this and a God of that. I will be one God that can meet everything and am over all, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. I am one God. I'm the only thing you need. You won't need any other gods before me. I promise you, you'll be able to enjoy the Sabbath, you and your family and your friends and your, those that you come in contact with and those that work with you. I'll be able to provide a job with, for you. I'll be able to provide your needs. I'll be able to meet that. I promise you, if you commit and, and covet, uh, make a covenant with me, I will provide a way, somehow a way or another, that you'll be able to enjoy and enter into that rest. I created it for you. It's not your burden to do it. I will provide if you surrender to me and let me move and let me guide and direct. Yeah, you got these problems coming up next week, and yeah, I know about your car, and yeah, I know about you, but you can rest in that. I will take care of it. God promises. He's saying, I can take care of it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. I will meet your needs. I will take care of you. Just enter into my rest. Come and spend some time with me. We'll handle that together tomorrow. <laughs> right? right now, just let's fellowship and commune together and rest together. And so God invites us to enter into that rest together with him, that he is sanctifying us, that he's building up our faith, that he's building up our trust, that he's making us more, recreating us back into his image, back into the original creation that he has given to us. And so the Sabbath is the delight because we have time for personal worship, which is so important, time for family worship, time for congregational worship. And again, one does not negate the other. All three are important to have together. Sabbath is a delight because we can rest. We can rest in his love. We can rest in some solitude. We can enter into recreation. Right? The world has made it a recreation. They made a wreck of God's creation. But we can experience recreation. Right? Renewal. Re -heart, renew heart. New mind. New spirit. And enter into God's creation. We can enter into ministry and, and service for him using the talents that God has blessed us with and blessing others, and ministering to others, and letting his light shine, and telling others about him, and letting other people see him live, lived out in our lives. Sabbath is a delight because we can spend time with our family and our friends, and be blessed together in the Lord. All right, so the Sabbath is a delight. God has created it for us. And so in a moment when we pray, God is bringing to your mind something that applies to you, Maybe you, one time you kept the Sabbath and enjoyed the Sabbath, but maybe lately it has been a drudgery. It's become a burden that you're trying to keep it in your own strength. Somewhere, somehow, your eyes are off the Lord and you've lost focus and you want to re-enter into that rest with him. In a moment we pray, you can confess that, accept the Messiah's death for your forgiveness and enter into his rest again. Secondly, if you've never known the joy of God's Shabbat, entering into that Sabbath, that special time that he set aside, that seventh day that he made holy for us. 
Then a moment when we pray, ask God to bless the entire 24 hours for you. And next week, you covenant by his grace, by his power, you want to enter fully into his rest and moving forward by his grace. If that applies to you in a moment when we pray, you can do that. Thirdly, maybe there's some area here that we've talked about tonight, and you say, yes, Sabbath has become boring to me. I don't know what to do with all these extra hours. And yeah, I see some things that I can do. And yeah, I have these talents, and I've got this time, and I want to go do that. I want to get involved in that ministry or start a ministry or, or do this thing or, or help out my neighbor or help out someone or do this on a rotating basis and mix it up a little bit, visit someone and go to nature and set up a schedule. If that applies to you, maybe you're thinking of these things to bring into your mind in a moment we pray. Again, if you do it on your own, it won't come to pass, but if you turn it over to the Lord, Lord, I see these things, I want to do these things, so Lord, empower me and make it happen. Let him carry you through that experience with him. And so if that applies, the moment we pray, turn that over to him. Or maybe there's some other area, maybe even outside of what we looked at today. Of course, any sin in our lives would disrupt that peace to enter into God's rest. We need to surrender all sins, all opposition to him. So maybe there's some area in your life that you know that you're doing wrong, some area that you uh, should be doing, you're not doing, some area you're not doing, you should be doing, and you know that, you want to confess that and give that over to him. Again, it might not have anything to do with the Sabbath directly, but it's disturbing your peace. It's keeping you from experiencing that presence of the Lord. So in a moment we pray, confess that between you and him and accept Yeshua's forgiveness and cleansing. And in fifth, if you've been enjoying God's Shabbat, and you want to thank him. Say, thank you, Lord. I thank you for your Shabbat. I thank you for giving this gift to humanity, to all humanity, giving it to Adam and Eve, giving it to all of us for all time, giving it to us even before sin entered this world, giving it as that blessing. I want to praise you, and I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for this 52 times a year when I can enter into your rest and not have to worry about work and enter into work. I want to thank you and praise you. So if you want to give thanks, let's do that while we pray together. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, ruler of the universe, we praise your name and we thank you. We give thanks to you for you are good. Thank you, Lord, for giving us good gifts. Thank you for knowing from the very beginning of creation what we would need and that we would need time off, that we would need rest, that we'd need to recreate that we need to fellowship with you and fellowship with one another. Even before there were any other people on this earth, just you, just you and Adam and Eve, and you knew that we needed this, thank you for providing for us and creating that day for us. Thank you, Lord, for your power and your grace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your forgiveness and salvation. Thank you for forgiving us for Sabbath breaking. Thank you for any other sin in our lives. Thank you for cleansing us totally and completely by your sacrifice and by your death and by your resurrection. Come into us through the Holy Spirit and live in us and out of us and empower us to enter into your rest, sanctified and made holy in it, and enjoying it, and make us a blessing in it. Not only to be blessed, but make us a blessing in some way, shape, or form and blessing other people that we come in contact with in our weekly worship service together or, or other hours of the Sabbath where you 
bringing to our mind to enter into service to you or to be a blessing. Use us and make us a blessing and shine your light in us and out of us. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.